Come on, put a praise on it. Put a praise on it. Come on, just speak well of him. Just release your passion in this place. That's it. Come on, every voice, every verse, every voice. Come on, just praise out of yourself. Worship out of yourself. Beyond yourself.
out of your passion. Come on, out of your passion. King of glory, fill this place. Just want to be with you. Just want to be with you. Come on, just out of your heart, just lift up your own, your own sound, your own sound. Come on. All over this house. That's it, come on, all over the Come on, church body, lift your hands in this moment. Lord, we worship you. Holy Spirit, we reverence you. Personhood, Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, we say that you are welcome in this place. We thank you, Lord, that today is not just another Sunday, but today we've come. King of glory, fill this place. The word says to seek first the kingdom of God and all of these other things will be added unto you. Today, we say as a body of believers, our eyes are fixed on you, Jesus. Your present circumstance is not too complicated for Jesus. You may have family members who you've been praying for for years. He's saying, just fix your eyes on me and I'll take care of the rest. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you bring the ultimate peace. Some of us today in this room just need your peace, need your comfort. Lord, we thank you today that you're bringing that peace today. Come on, change your posture a little bit. Hold your hands out. Lift your hands. Lift your head. Colossians 3 says to fix your eyes on the things of heaven. Today, Lord Jesus, we say that we want you more than anything else. Even those of us who are involved in some form of ministry, we say that we take our eyes off of just trying to get everything just right. But we say, Jesus, we want you more than anything. If it's your first time, you've come here today for a reason. Jesus wants your life. Jesus wants an intimate relationship with you deeper than ever before. Jesus, you are the ultimate solution. Jesus, you are our comforter. They thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've taken care of everything for us. We'll be worship you today. Jesus, you get all the glory. Jesus, you receive all the honor. You receive all the praise today. We say that we are maturing in you today. We're not going to be infants any longer. We step forward. We move into deeper realms of your glory, deeper realms of your presence where we no longer look at our situations as too complex. We thank you today that you have made a way for us where there seems to be no way. And we thank you, Jesus, that it's all done even before we ask. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty Sing, name. King of glory. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise. Give him praise.
We're not talking about him filling this room. We're talking about him filling you because you're a temple of the Holy Spirit of God. I don't care what your denominational background is. You're a child of God. So come on, lift your hands to him right now and say, Holy Spirit of God, fill me today. Not this room, but fill me right here, right now, by the power of your Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Fill me now, Jesus. Fill me by the power of your Holy Spirit of God. Hallelujah. With your hands lifted, say this with me right now. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, anoint me now the fullness of your Holy Spirit. Now give him hallelujahs, everybody. Come on, give him big hallelujahs. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, know you not that you're a temple of the Holy Ghost. Just right over here. So we come together in meetings like this and in big buildings and so forth, and we make a big to-do over the location, location, location. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, you can't go anywhere he's not. He'll meet you on the backside of your barn. Anybody been there? No matter where you're at. So the Holy Spirit's everywhere. It's not about this building. It's about you, the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, we have a lovely family here today that today they want to dedicate their children to the Lord. You might want to dedicate your house. It's Holy Spirit Week. Every week's Holy Spirit Week. It's going to be a great day because, Kinsley, in a few moments, this guy here, uh, after the message, he's going to be baptized. I mean, so it's a great day for this family. And Kieran, right? He is 18 months, right? And so we're going to dedicate him today. And, and this, this little dog, just, can you get over here? Can, can you get out of the way so we can see your baby? Just, just back over here. No, you can get her here by her. I mean, it's all right, all right? This is his sister, Jazze, right here. And she's, she just keeps bringing the whole row. I like Jazze. All right? And... and uh, this, this baby is how old? Three weeks. Three weeks. You had a baby three weeks ago. Yes. It's a miracle, right? <laughs> so we're going to dedicate your baby. In other words, I'm going to anoint the baby with oil. Samuel, the prophet, anointed David. David became a king, great man of God. There's others, but that's only one example, okay? Um, children were anointed. Uh, John the Baptist was anointed. Jesus was anointed himself. And so th there's so many. But, but uh, so in other words, we're anointing your baby because this baby's a gift from God. I know y'all had the baby, but the Lord knew this baby before this baby was ever in your womb. The baby is created by God. Baby, these, these children have destiny on them. The Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go, they'll not depart from it. In other words, they may hit a few curves, but they'll always get back on the road. Somebody want to receive that for your babies right now? They may hit a speed bump, but they'll get back on the road, all right? Okay? And so you believe God's word. God's word will not return void. In other words, whatever God says is going to happen. So I'm going to anoint your babies. I'm going to pray health over them, prosperity. 
I'm going to pray sound mind, good bodies. They'll hear God. I pray the atmosphere they're in today will be a Holy Spirit settlement in their spirit. And they'll know the voice of God. They're going to know your voice, all right? But they're going to know the voice of God more than anything else, okay? Then when they become of age and they know what they're doing, then you can baptize them in water. How's that sound, okay? That's what we're going to do, okay? Now then, uh, I'm going to pray for your baby and anoint your baby. I so much want to hold your baby. Can I do that? Oh, you want to hold this? dog's pups were bigger than this. And, and, and so how much did she weigh? Three pounds, 12.7 ounces. Oh my goodness. Our kids were like six pounds and that was small, but this is, is she not beautiful? Oh, praise God. Patty, I, I'm just thanking God for grandkids more, not, don't worry, it's, it's okay. Would you want to come up here with me? And Michael, you want to give me some oil and, and, um, reach out your hand and feel the spirit right now. God, anoint Kinsley. Keep her in the palm of your hand. We offer up to you right now. All the days of her life, her body, her mind, her spirit, oh God. May she hear your voice. May she hear your voice. I dedicate her. Here, Mom. I want to dedicate this mother right now. Touch this mom, Jesus. Come here, son. Jesus, anoint this dad right now. God, touch his house today. Don't let this be just another Sunday. Touch his house, oh God. Lord, I dedicate this young man to you. All the days of his life, he'll be active in you. As much as he's active, he'll be active in you, oh God. He'll be active in you. I bind the devil off of his life right now. Plead the blood of Jesus over this house and this body. Amen. You'll be active, God. You'll be active, guy. Touch your feet now. You'll walk in his ways, oh God. You'll walk in his ways. You'll walk in his ways. All the days of your life, you'll know his steps. Because your steps are ordered by God's son. In the name of Jesus, somebody reach over and put your hand on the shoulder of somebody next to you because everybody needs to feel this. Come on, just touch everybody right now. Patty, pray for everybody. Hallelujah. Father, we just dedicate our families, our homes unto you, oh God. We, we so feel your presence in this moment, Lord, and we just receive all the blessings that come in as a part of being covenant with you, Father. We give you praise for this moment, for this family. We, we give you praise for our houses and our homes and, and our children, Lord. We once again dedicate our whole home 
to you, our whole family, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, that you've given us the ability to build a hedge of protection through the blood of Jesus today. We thank you for divine impartation of your presence into our homes and our lives. In Jesus' name, would you give God a big hand clap of praise and worship? So thankful that he has a covering over our homes today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We're so excited to be in the presence of God. You know, sometimes you come into a service and you worship by faith. There's, there's times like today where we can feel, tangibly feel his presence. Have you felt that today in this house? Amen. You can be seated. Um, we're just so delighted to have each one of you here today, and we want to welcome all of you. Um, this is just our opportunity to say I've actually met several of you for the first time today, and we're just delighted that you're here. So make sure today that you come out to the Welcome Center, and we'd like to shake your hand and get to know you by name so that next time you come, we can call you by name. And we want you to know that the Church Alive is the friendliest place in town. Amen. Church Alive, can you welcome everybody that is new here today? You're now family. Amen. Amen. And so uh, there's so many things that you can get involved in at the Church Alive. We've got a, a plethora of things, and so make sure that you get on the website and get familiar with all that is being offered to minister to your family. Um, make sure that those that are listening online, we are with you, we love you, and we're sending our love to you on the line. And so we just also want you to know that um, for the ladies, everybody say, I'm a lady, except for you guys, don't say that. <laughs> So all of the ladies, on Tuesday night, we have started a ladies' Bible study that is like none other. And we um, so had such a huge crowd on last Tuesday night with our kickoff that we were out the door. We have to go to another room. So this week, isn't that great? This week we're going to go to the Fellowship Hall. And actually we are going to be opening up the Fellowship Hall from 530 to 630 if we we realize many of you are just getting off of work and you don't want to miss these meetings so we want to make it convenient for you if you want to brown bag it or go through a drive-through and bring your sack lunch to the church we're gonna make that available for you so that you, your your you know transition to home doesn't have to happen so that's from 530 to 630 in the fellowship hall then at 630 we're starting our ladies Bible study this has been really powerful it's called inner healing and I'm telling you we are taking Making a deep move into our spirit. We're looking at the Word of God as our biblical directives for your life. He has every solution that you could ever need for anything in your life. Do you believe that? Shout an amen. Amen. So this lady's Bible study is powerful. You don't want to miss it. That's 6:30 on Tuesday night. We'll see you there. Aren't you guys jealous when you like to dedicate babies? Was well, that not good or what, huh? Once again, tell this family you're so thankful for them. I mean, that is just, that is just special. That is just great. Amen. That's great. That's great. Uh, you know, nobody here is on a fixed income. Let me take that back. You're all on a fixed income. 
it's fixed. Nobody here from the south? In the north, fix is working on something. In the south, fix is a setup. Your income is a setup. God has already done it. You say, well, uh, I'm of an age that I, my income is only going to be what it is according to my investments or whatever. No, your income is related to all of his riches in glory. My God shall supply all your need. I don't care if it's tuition or a battery or a battery cable or a refrigerator. Am I getting anybody yet? Whatever that it is you have need of, an acreage, a tractor, amen. Just start believing God for it. Now listen, many people invest in markets and so forth, and they just then they trust it. They put it there, and they say, some say get in, get out. Some say leave it there a little while and, and just ride it out. It's interesting to me that people put money in a volatile market like that and be willing to write it out, but will hold out on God. Now, I'm going to pray for you right now that you won't hold out on God. I'm going to pray for your business right now. I'm going to pray for your network. I'm going to pray you'll get some dreams and visions. Come on, wave at me if you want any of this, all right? I'm going to pray your house is going to be blessed. I'm going to pray this, unprecedented favor of God on you. How many want some unprecedented favor of God on you? I mean, everything you touch by the power of God has return on it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to pray that God will give you strategies. I'm going to pray you'll become an entrepreneur. I pray you'll become an inventor. Amen. An inventor. I don't care what it is that you invent. It's about time for a new yo-yo. I mean, anything. I don't care. I, I remember years ago, some of you don't remember this, but I remember kind of the first infomercial back when I was a kid in high school, the pocket fishermen. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. You've got to be 70s or, I mean, you've got you, you to be my age or older to remember some of you. Pocket fishermen. The guy made a fishing pole, put it back in your pocket in 1995, all right? And this was before internet. You had to call in. You had to go to the phone on the wall in the kitchen. It had a 30-foot cord on it with some buttons on it. How many know what I'm talking about? And a deal on the handle so you could do this while you're washing dishes. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Some of you have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> you go to your flea markets, you'll find one. Anyway, and, and, and you'd had to go there and dial up, and you had to wait in line. Amen. And you weren't afraid to give them your credit card because nobody even knew what hacking was. Hacking was a hacksaw. All right? And, and, and so you do that. The, the guy made millions. Somebody, who's going to buy that? He made millions. Just simply gave him an idea. I pray God's going to give you an idea. I pray God's going to give you a formula. Years ago, I had a guy come to me. He said, Pastor, I know you have an entrepreneur spirit. He said, and there's a water bottle company in the northwest part of the U.S., and this company has, they, they can't make it. Because nobody is going to buying, you know, bottled water. And this is way, way back in, in the late 80s. I said, what do you think about you and I go together and we buy that company in northwest Arkansas? It's a water bottle company. And I said, man, who in the world would pay money for a bottle of water? Well, long story short, you can tell by looking at me, we didn't buy the company. Now, all of you will pay sometimes four bucks, sometimes, depending on where you're at, for a bottle of water. 
when you know I just go to the I just go to the refrigerator. That's all I do. But anyway, but every time I go to the refrigerator, I think about that company. But that's just not been for me. Amen. But I, I want to listen to what God is saying. How many say I don't want to miss it? All right. I'm glad you don't, because the ushers are going to pass. Somebody say I don't want to miss it. <laughs> you can get your phone out. You can go to the website and give right there. You don't have to do any of that. 24 hours a day, you can go back here to right now to a debit card, credit card center. You want to do that uh, manually. Kiosk is out front. Here's what let's do. Everybody give to God today. Just everybody give. Give because he's faithful. Give because you love him. Amen. Give because you want to invest in the kingdom of God. Are you ready? How many ready to pray with me right now? Come on, let's do this. Heavenly Father. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for what you're doing. And I thank you for what you're going to do. You're the God which was, which is, and which is to come. You're the true. You're the faithful, O oh God. Hallelujah. I know right now your kingdom come. Thy will be done in these earth vessels as it is in heaven. Touch every business. Touch every mind. Touch every body. Touch every spirit, O oh God. May their homes be filled with joy. May these people be saturated and anointed now with unprecedented favor. Hallelujah. They'll be blessed everywhere they go. Open up their eyes. Open up their spirit. Open up their ears, God, to hear what you're doing. I pray, God, you will multiply every seed that is sown. Let nobody here be weary in well-doing, but let them rejoice as they give to you today. I, today, Father, I pray for a multiplication of offering into the church alive, Father, so we can meet all the ministry needs that are in front of us. Bless this city. I call for 10% of the revenue of this city to come to you. In the name of Jesus, everybody say amen. amen. Give God praise for what he's going to do. Come on, give him big praise for what he's going to do. <clears throat> now, we could have had a weekend of unlimited realm. We could have had Perry Stone. We could have had all kind of things uh, this week. But we determined we were going to have something called Holy Spirit Week. That means we're just going to keep on doing what we're, going, what we're already doing. We're already having Holy Spirit Week. How many know that last week was Holy Spirit Week? How many know that every day is Holy Spirit Day? So I want to set this up for you. Here's what we're doing at the Church Alive. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. How many believe that? Say yes if you believe that. We have God the Father. God the Son is at the right hand of the Father. God, the Holy Spirit, is on the earth. Because when Jesus ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit. And he said, the same power by which I operate in is the same power you're going to operate in. Interesting to me when we go to other countries, not every country, but most of the countries, maybe except for the Europe area, most countries have a spiritual perspective. You'll ask people, I'm Muslim. I'm Hindu. I'm this. I'm that. They have some, but in the U.S., it, it, it's almost like we just do life. And when we need God, we call on Him. The Holy Spirit is wanting to be released fully and completely through every one of you. The Holy Spirit is not weird. He is the demonstration of the power of God. So this week, what we want to do is you have an awareness in your life of the Holy Spirit. Everywhere you are, every day. Last night, I'm pulling in the drive. I look up there at that beautiful moon. Perfect circumference. Perfect brilliance. And I look up there. It's right over my house. I said, thank you, Lord. Might have been over your house, too, but it's right over mine. And I said, thank you.
thank you, Lord, for your glory. Then I just said out loud, Holy Spirit, you're wonderful. You don't have to be in a church singing hallelujah to feel the Holy Spirit. You can be on a lawnmower. Amen. Doesn't make any difference. And, and so I'm, I'm going to challenge you this week. The awareness of the Holy Spirit. Talk to Him. Talk to Him out loud. Begin to do that. Now then, you've got the Tuesday night Bible study. If you don't normally come on Wednesday night, come this Wednesday night for Holy Spirit teaching at 630. Don't you miss it. Then we're going to have a worship service, Holy Spirit night, next Saturday night at 630. So you got these opportunities along with whatever you're going to be doing. In your home, worship this week. You might want to do things. Here's some options. You might want to do something like daily communion. Pastor, how do I do that? You go buy some grape juice. You get you some crackers. And you have your own communion. You can do that. Do that every day. You might want to have home worship. What do I do? Get your family together. Somebody give a scripture. You don't have to spend 30 minutes in this. Spend a few minutes. Just, just read a scripture. Say, okay, let's pray together. And do that. Have some home worship. Put some worship music on in your home. Let that play out through your home. This week, have more worship than you have news going on in your house. Can I, how many are going to do that with me? Raise your hand. Can I see that? I'm going to have more worship than I'm going to have news into my spirit this week. So it's Holy Spirit week. Amen? Let's do one thing. Ryan's going to minister today. Start us off on this Holy Spirit week. We're going to give you plenty of time for altar. We've got great things here today. But today when it comes altar time, respond to him. Respond to the Holy Spirit. All right? I mean... Take time. You might want to come and kneel. You might want to stand where you're at. You might want to kneel where you're at. But don't just rush out. Take some time. Let the Holy Spirit be welcomed in you. Do something with me as we start this week. We're going to start with the video in just a minute. But before we do that, everybody, just reach your hands out in front of you. Michael asked you to do that earlier. I just thought that was so great. Just reach your hands out there in front of you. Say this with me right now. Say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Manifest in me today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Watch this. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close.
Amen. Come on one more time. I know we just did it, but would you just lift your hands right to the heavens right there where you are? And without any music and without being prompted by anything else, would you just tell the Holy Spirit, come on, lift your voice a little bit and just say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come on, tell him he's welcome here in your own way, in your own words. Tell him, Holy Spirit, we say that we honor you in this place this morning. We say that we truly desire to experience you. We truly desire, God, to be immersed by you. Holy Spirit, we worship you in this room. We treat you as though you are God. And in Jesus' name, we declare, do whatever you want to do in this place today. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, say amen. amen. Come on, that was kind of weak. If you believe it, say amen. 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 I love that video because it displays um, what relationship with the Holy Spirit should be about. That the Holy Spirit wants to be in your life and a part of your life every moment of every day, not just in a really powerful church gathering. Amen? And, uh, and so we're, we're talking about the Holy Spirit today. Let me just start with this. How many of you were raised or grew up in, in the church and maybe a denominational background where you didn't really talk about the Holy Spirit very much? It's okay. You can raise your hand. It's not an issue. Yeah. Yeah, so about half, and, uh, and that's interesting um, because we are a church that believes in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. If you didn't know that, we want to make that really plain, that we're not afraid of the Holy Spirit. We're not putting the Holy Spirit in the corner like he's the weird uncle that shows up for Christmas and tries to get weird, right? Uh, we believe in the Holy Spirit, we love the Holy Spirit, and we honor the Holy Spirit. You know, as I was getting ready this morning and just just really listening for the Lord, you know, I, the, the Lord quickened me, and, and this statement came to my mind that, that we treat the Holy Spirit oftentimes in ways that we would never treat Jesus. That if Jesus was physically in the room today, we would treat him differently sometimes than we treat the Holy Spirit who is always living in us. We joke about, we make fun of, we disregard and sometimes irreverently talk about the Holy Spirit in ways that we would never talk about Jesus. That's good. That's good. And it so hit me this morning because I want us to be a people. I want us to be a church. I want us to be a family of faith that honors and worships and reverences and, and loves the Holy Spirit for who he truly is. Amen. So we're going to talk about that today, not in the sense of... Um, and the Holy Spirit is such a broad topic. We could take a year and do a, an every week series on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit and still not um, fully captivate everything that there is to learn and know and talk about the Holy Spirit. But just for a few moments today, I want to give a little bit of an overview teaching of the person and the work of the Holy Spirit um, because I believe oftentimes we know the Holy Spirit by rumor. We know the Holy Spirit by an expression that we've seen, you know, on TV or some of you watched a YouTube video of somebody making fun of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's these YouTube videos out there that, that people want to just make fun of people who are Pentecostal. Um, but I want to tell you today that the Holy Spirit is not a denomination. The Holy Spirit's not that thing that comes on you that makes you have goosebumps and the hair stand up on the back of your neck. The Holy Spirit is not this weird force that makes you fall in the floor. The Holy Spirit's not the part of God that you worship when you want to bring the snakes out. How many of y'all ever heard that before? The Holy Spirit is 100% God. 
The Holy Spirit's not an it. The Holy Spirit's not a thing. The Holy Spirit is God. And it is so important for us in the life of the believer to relate to him as God. That's right. And I think sometimes that it is no doubt a tactic and plan of the enemy to put all kinds of stigma and weirdness and awkwardness on the person and work of the Holy Spirit to keep you from living in the fullness of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. The, the truth for a lot of us today is we don't operate in the, in the fullness of the person and work of the Holy Spirit simply because we don't really know him. We know about him. We kind of have an idea of what we've seen. It's kind of like this. How many of you have, have, you knew somebody and you had an idea or a perception of how they were from afar, from a distance, right? You thought they were a certain way because they put off this persona. Then you actually met them and you shook their hand and you looked at them in the eyes and you went to dinner with them and you talked to them and you realized, man, you're nothing like I thought you were. You're actually pretty cool, you know? And I think it's sometimes it's like that with the Holy Spirit. Even when you've been raised in a Pentecostal background, sometimes we can have misconception of the Holy Spirit. Because just like anything else in the spiritual world, it can, it can be abused. Um, but I want to say this too. You know, I, I was reading a book on the Holy Spirit uh, while we were on the beach, experiencing the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. You can experience the Holy Spirit everywhere. And, uh, and it was a, it's a book by Pastor Robert Morris, and he was talking about how that, that people who do weird things in relationship to the Holy Spirit are just weird people, and then they blame it on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, if somebody is a weird person, they're probably going to do something weird spiritually and then blame it on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not weird. He's not crazy. He's not creepy. He's God. Amen. He's God. And, and so... I love this quote, the dynamic full life Jesus promised to believers is a natural outgrowth of intimate friendship with God, God the Holy Spirit. It is the fulfillment of God's promise and the carrying out of his plan for the believer that you live a life full of the baptism of the Holy Spirit pastor alluded to it just a few moments ago before we started, that, that Jesus was on the earth with his disciples. Jesus, in the flesh, is on the earth with his disciples, doing miracles, walking on water, turning water into wine. You know the story, doing all kinds of cool, awesome, Holy Spirit-empowered stuff, right? And then he tells his disciples, look, guys, I know y'all love me, and we're tight. Look, and we're, I told y'all to leave everything and follow me, but I got to go. And, and you can imagine, put yourself in the position of a disciple. You leave everything to follow him. And he says, I'm going to go. And in fact, it's a good thing that I go. Do you understand that Jesus was the fullness of the Godhead bodily on the earth? And he says, it's a good thing that I go. It's a good thing that I go because if I go, then the Holy Spirit can come. The comforter can come. The advocate can come. The helper can come. And so it's a good thing that the Holy Spirit is alive on the inside of you and on the earth today. We're going to read a lot of scripture today. Uh, this is going to be more teaching than preaching because I believe it's important for us to know the Holy Spirit by what the Word of God says about the Holy Spirit. If you're interested in anything spiritual, the first step you should take in discovering that thing would be the Word of God. 
And so many times we look to other things to, to garner information. And, and Google's good, but sometimes Google's not good, right? Don't Google things that you should look for in the Bible first. Uh, you have to be careful, um, especially when it comes to things that are holy and, and that there's only one truth. You have to be careful that you get your truth from the Word of God. So we're going to dive into the Word of God today, and we're going to look at the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. So there's some key verses that I want us to see, and let's start right now in John 14. These are familiar passages, but I want to read them today um, because there's power in the Word of God. There's truth in the Word of God, and, and, and we're just going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. He says, if you love me, obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. This is interesting. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Pause here. Some of you are frustrated by people that you're praying for and really just want to see them get saved and want to see them come to the Lord and continue to do that, continue to stand. But understand some of your frustration is not on your part. It's because they're not looking for him and they're not even trying to recognize him. But how many of you know the Holy Spirit has a way of working? If he has to, he'll knock you off your horse, right? It says, no, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you soon. The world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Amen. John 16, 7 through 14. Uh, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to go through a lot of scriptures today. You can look at the screen. You can write them down. Because I would love for you to go back and read these verses on your own. In, the, in the, this Holy Spirit week, read verses in the Bible about the Holy Spirit. Read the book of Acts. Read Romans chapter 8. Um, read 1 Corinthians uh, 12 and 14 as we talk about the gifts and the fruit. Read Galatians 5. Uh, so write those things down. Go home and study those on your own. You need to read the Bible on your own. If you only crack open the book when we're here on Sundays and maybe on Wednesdays, that's a problem. All right? So uh, the Holy Spirit is going to stir in you this morning, I believe, as we're talking, a hunger for him. A hunger for the more of him. All right? So let's look at John 16, 7. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate, or in other words, the comforter, the encourager, the counselor, the Greek word is paraclete, he can't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, this is where we're going to get into what the Holy Spirit does, the person and work of the Holy Spirit. He will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Wow. When we talk about the world, some of want to point to things like homosexuality and drunkenness and sexual immorality and, um, you know, like, lawlessness and crazy behavior, but the truth is all of that is a result of not knowing him. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. Amen. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but He will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future, and He will bring me glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. 
Regardless of where you are spiritually today, whether you're red hot, whether you're ice cold, whether you got saved this morning during the second song, or you've been serving God your entire life, the invitation today is to go deeper into relationship with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you got baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues when you were seven years old at a David A. Baker revival. You know, <laughs> you can be baptized fresh today. Amen. We need more of the Holy Spirit. We need more of his activity. We need more of his infilling. We need more of his baptism. And we need to just simply burn with the fire of the Holy Spirit more than we do now. It doesn't matter how good you think you are, how far on the journey you think you are. There is always more of God. And so that's the invitation for us today. The question, how can I submit my will more to him? How can I be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit? How can I be so sensitive to him that I can hear his whispers? He doesn't have to yell at me. We're so close, I can hear his whispers. How can I, how can I see him more? How can I know him more? So simply two questions today. The first question, do you really know him? Do you really know the person of the Holy Spirit. We feel like we know God the Father pretty well. We feel like we know Jesus really well. He died on the cross for us. He was whipped for us. He was abused and beaten for us. He was Jesus, the guy with the beard and the sash and the Birkenstocks, right? But, but sometimes we fail to relate and really dive into getting to know the Holy Spirit. And often, oftentimes this is the reason why many people view the Holy Spirit as an impersonal force or concept that represents God or His presence. That's right. But the Bible describes the Holy Spirit in personal terms, not as a mere influence or spiritual power. Throughout God's Word, the Spirit is revealed as a distinct individual, a divine person. He has personal characteristics all of His own. He thinks, He feels, He wills, and he has the capacity to love and enjoy personal relationship. If there's anything I want you to hear today, hear this. The Holy Spirit desires and wants to enjoy personal relationship with you. When you're walking down the aisles at Walmart, the Holy Spirit wants to enjoy personal relationship with you. Look, he's the helper. He wants to be a part of every part of your life. You know, we... Um, this weekend, we're doing a lot of work around the house, and um, Whitney decided that she wanted to decorate for fall and spend our whole Saturday decorating for fall. <laughs> it was a great time of family bonding. Praise God. No, it was. It was really good. I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm ready for fall, even though it feels like we're standing on the face of the sun every time we walk outside. Um, but on, on Friday, I went and ran some errands. For, I went to Michael's and bought fall ribbon for her. I had to FaceTime her to make sure I got the right thing, but I was there nonetheless. And so I'm there with Harrison, you know, and of course they have like one toy aisle and somehow he saw it from the other side of the store and like ran. Like that dude's like Usain Bolt, man. When he goes, he goes. You got to have your running shoes on. He's fast. He got these new shoes. He calls them his fast shoes. He has fast shoes on. He was running. And, uh, and so he found this, this car that he wanted to buy. And it was on sales. I was like, sure, buddy, we'll get you a car. And it was a red, he picked it out. They got, they got these die-cast cars. You know, there's Ferraris and Lamborghinis and Mercedes. He picked out a Mercedes AMG. Yes. Like, good taste, boy. <laughs> yeah. 
Red. He called it his red fast car. He's like, and so like the last two or three days, he's been, where's my fast car? Where's my fast car? And so we were working, and there was, you know how it is when you're decorating ladies. You got to like lay it all out and see where you want it to go and put this here and put this there and put that there and put that there. And a million times later, you finally get it sorted, and then next week you want to change it again. Yeah. <sighs> Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. We're going to get on that in a minute. But uh, so uh, somewhere along the way, he lost his fast car, you know. And we didn't know where it was. And, and, you know, something as simple as this, I said, Holy Spirit, you're the helper. Help us find the fast car. Because he will not stop saying, where's my fast car? Where's my fast car? Where's my fast car? Where's my fast car? You know? And we finally found it. He'd put it in the drawer with the cups. Like, he's got this cup drawer. He had put it in the cup drawer. I was like, dude, the fast car, that's not its garage. You know, let's keep it in the open where we can see it. But the Holy Spirit wants to help you with every part of your life. That's right. He wants relationship with you. I love that. He's not some weird spiritual force. He is an interpersonal relationship with God. All right, so we're going to go over four points real quick about the work of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to use this term agent because I feel like it's a good term to describe how the Holy Spirit works. All right, so if you're taking notes, here's the first point, that the Holy Spirit is the agent or motivating power behind spiritual salvation. In other words, he is the force that convicts the world of sin. We read this just a moment ago. Uh, and conviction is not a bad thing. We get conviction and condemnation confused. Yes, sir. How many of you know that the devil has no power to create, only the power to pervert that which has already been created? And so the enemy takes a good thing, condemnation, or I'm sorry, conviction, and twists it and uses it as condemnation. That's right. Condemnation pushes you from God. Conviction pulls you towards God. That's right. That's right. It's in your moment of greatest weakness and greatest failure that you need conviction to express on the inside of you your desperate need for God. It's kind of like when you get cut and you hurt. If you didn't have hurt, you didn't have pain, you didn't know that you were bleeding, you would bleed out, you know, and it's that, it's that hurt that, that communicates to us, hey, you've got a problem, let's fix it. And that's what conviction does for you. Right. And conviction shines the spotlight on the one that is mercy and grace and forgiveness and forces you into this place of running to his feet. God doesn't sit on a throne of condemnation, he sits on a throne of grace. That's So conviction is a good thing. The Holy Spirit is the agent that convicts us or convinces us. Another word for conviction could be belief or persuasion. It means to convince. So the Holy Spirit convinces us that righteousness is available to us. The Holy Spirit convicts us of righteousness. When I say righteousness, not right behavior, I'm talking about right standing with God. The Holy Spirit communicates to us and through us that Jesus made right standing with God available to us. You also, we, we read it just a moment ago in that last portion in John. These are three points from that message or from that portion of Scripture. He mentions judgment. The Holy Spirit convinces, convicts, shows us that the ruler of this world has already been defeated. That's the judgment that he mentions in that portion of Scripture. So he is the agent 
or motivating power behind spiritual salvation. None of you would be standing here today with salvation, saved, committed, written, name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life without the Holy Spirit. That's right. Number two, or B, however you want to write your notes, or the second dot. The Holy Spirit is the agent of sanctification. Big church word there, sanctification. Sanctification is the process of being set apart for God's possession and purposes. And the ongoing process of spiritual growth and development. You may think you're Jesus' first cousin here today, but you're still in process. You may think you're the most holiest person on the earth. Let me tell you, there's still room to grow. Amen. And so this process of sanctification is a daily process. I don't know about you, but I need to be sanctified daily. I got to get my mind right. I got to get my words right. I got to get my eyes right. I got to get my ears right. And the Holy Spirit helps me do that. In other words, it's the process daily of surrendering your life to the control of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 9, it says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. I want to list off a few things that are, that are a, a work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit motivates and leads us into a life of holiness. You can't live holy without the Holy Spirit. That's good. That's right. In doing this, he rescues us from the slavery of sin and spares us, listen to this, from the disastrous consequences of going our own way. Spares us rescues us from the bondage of sin and the disastrous consequences of going our own way. Some of you think that God wants to control your life because he's a control freak. And he wants you to obey the commandments because he wants you to get in line. God wants you to obey the commandments because he knows your life is going to be disastrous if you don't. That if you're left to your own flesh and your own control, you will fall into disaster and destruction before you even know it. So these precepts, these laws, these commandments, these things that he's placed before us are not because he's trying to control us. It's because he wants us to live our best life. Somebody say best life. He wants you to live your best life. And your best life can only be through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reminds us we are God's children. And he helps us in our efforts to worship and honor God. He even helps us when we don't know what to pray. Read Romans 8. This is all in Romans 8. He also develops us, develops in us a more Christ-like character that honors Jesus. If we are going to give the fruit of the Spirit a definition, it would be this, that he creates in us a more Christ-like character that honors Jesus. We had Bible quiz today, and we said, how many of y'all can list off the fruit of the Spirit? Don't shout it out. How many of you can list the fruit of the Spirit? Hold up. How many of y'all can list the fruit of the Spirit? All right. It's okay if you can. Like, there's no judgment here. I'm just asking. How many, of the fruit, how many fruit of the Spirit are there? Don't ask your neighbor. Don't phone a friend. Don't Google it. How many? 
Y'all can't answer. Y'all were there when church Wednesday night. Mikey, Mikey told you all the answer. Nine. There's nine, all right? Listen to this. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation because I feel like most of you have probably heard it in your normal translation. You like to read. And I like the language that it speaks about here. This is Galatians 5, 16 through 23. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic power and life of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living freely within you. Pause right there. I want you to just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and ask yourself the question, what am I allowing in my life that offends the Holy Spirit and hinders him from moving freely in me? Wow. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. We give too much glory to the flesh and the self-life. The Spirit of God is way stronger than the flesh. We just feed the flesh more. Amen? If we gave the Holy Spirit true free reign, He dominates the flesh just like the cowboys are about to dominate the redskins today. Y'all think I'm off in the flesh now? That's spiritual right there. Amen. They got the Holy Ghost. Jerry going to get saved and tied to the church alive. Amen. <laughs> so then, the two, incompatible, the, the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life and your flesh and the new creation of life of the Spirit. Listen to this. But when you are brought into full freedom of the Spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law but soaring above it. The, let's make this real clear today. I love the language here. The cravings of the self-life are obvious. If you're in this place where the enemy is deceiving you to ask the question, is this sin or is it not? Can I do this or can I not? You're in a bad place if you're even asking the question. The question is not how close can I get to the world and still make it to heaven. The question is how much of my life can I surrender to the Lord in fullness, total surrender. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, social media, <laughs> senseless arguments, it's all that mess is. Resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions. Jesus, help us. Being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. In case you didn't, your thing wasn't listed off there, all other similar behavior kind of encapsulates everything. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? Here we go. This is the character of God being produced in you by the Holy Spirit. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue. Faith that prevails. Gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be 
expressions, amen? There's meant to be limitless. Meant to be limitless. Let me give you a word today. Don't try to force what the Holy Spirit can produce. Some of you are striving and struggling to love your neighbor because they really get on your nerves. You can't love your neighbor the way you need to love your neighbor without the Holy Spirit. So quit trying to strive and just let the Holy Spirit produce it in you. Because it says the Holy Spirit produces these things in your life. If you need more love, don't try to get more love. Surrender more to the Holy Spirit. If you need more patience, don't strive for more patience. Surrender more to the Holy Spirit. If you need more joy, don't take a pill and drink your favorite drink. Surrender more to the Holy Spirit. Because he produces this in your life. You're striving and struggling and looking for it. And the answer is right here. It's the Holy Spirit. He produces it in you. The third thing. The Holy Spirit is the agent of empowerment for Christian service. You can't live the Christian life and serve the world and win the lost and make disciples the way God intended without the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enables Christ's followers to serve His purposes and to effectively communicate to others His message of forgiveness and new life. When we are baptized in the Holy Ghost, we are immersed in and filled with God's power to spread Christ's message to serve effectively within the church, and to reflect God's love and character to the world. That's a big one right there. We receive the same anointing that came on Christ and his first disciples, causing us to be able to communicate God's word and work miracles. If Jesus was the model for us when he walked the earth, And Jesus performed miracles. And Jesus walked in power. Jesus raised the dead. Jesus healed the sick. Jesus calmed storms and, and did all kinds of broke bread and fed masses. The supernatural was in fact a part of Jesus' life every day. And if that's the model and that's the standard, that's the way we are supposed to live and, and somehow, some way, there's a disconnect from the working of power and the supernatural. Are we following the model or are we not? I would, I would present to you that, that the, the life of the believer without the work of the Holy Spirit and the power and miracles and signs and wonder is substandard to what Jesus paid for for us. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Every single one of us, whether you were taught it's of the devil and it's not for today, it's the promise of God. It was the plan of God. He said, Jesus said, look, I'm going to leave and I want you to go and wait until the fulfillment of the promise. We get so hung up on the tongues thing, right? We, and, and the enemy even uses tongues he, he's using the Holy Spirit as a tool for division. And he's allowing us, this is, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to go ahead and say it here, that, that sometimes we participate in using God because the Holy Spirit is God as a piece for argument. Be careful how you treat him. He's God. That's right. 
We get so hung up on the tongues. The enemy would love for you to just speak in tongues but never walk in love. Right? Because sandwiched in between all these rules and regulations that we all want to argue about in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 13, in 1 Corinthians 14 is 1 Corinthians 13. That says the greatest, the, the more higher way, right? The best way, the most important is love. And we talk in tongues all day, but we'll cuss our neighbor out. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Y'all are quiet, man. Come on. We come to the Holy Spirit church. I'm spirit filled in the God runs a red light and you're honking two horns and like waving with less fingers. If we, are gonna, if we are going to receive the fullness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, let's get it all. Yeah, that's good. Tongues are simply the biblical pattern we see for the initial physical evidence of not just um, coming into contact with the Holy Spirit, but the immersion and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The, speaking in tongues is not the destination. Speaking in tongues is the invitation into the fullness of all of it. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, really quick. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. A spiritual gift is not given to you so you can glorify yourself. If you think you're a prophet and you're only going around telling everybody I'm a prophet and glorifying yourself, you're abusing a gift. If you think you're a healer and all you want to do is go heal people so people can say, hey, Otis is a healer, you've missed it. Because the work of the Holy Spirit will always glorify the Father. And never glorify you. Even when, when Peter and James and you see the New Testament believers, they're doing crazy stuff. Their shadow is falling on people and, and they're getting healed. Look, we anoint people with five-gallon buckets of oil and ain't nobody getting healed. Their, their shadow is falling on people and they were getting healed. But they always pointed back to Jesus. They said, it's Jesus of Nazareth, the one you crucified. He's the one who healed you. It always glorifies the Father. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. And another, the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Because there can be messages from another Spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Those are the gifts of the Spirit. We need the gifts of the Spirit. We need the gifts of the Spirit in operation in this place, most definitely. But we need the gifts of the Spirit in operation in your everyday life. You need prophecy and um, gifts of faith and gifts of healing on your job. 
I'm looking over here at Zach, and man, he just catches my eye, and Zach's a fireman now. Man, and, and he's not just trained to put out fires and to do EMT work. This dude's full of the Holy Ghost. So when he does all of his stuff he's supposed to do, he can, while he's laying hands on him, he can be speaking the power and the healing of the Holy Ghost. Amen? That's, that's what, the, these gifts are not reserved for these really powerful services that we have. When the right evangelist came and we finally sang the right song and we finally got it all together, he wants these things to be active in our life every day to where when we tell stories about miracles, we don't have to reference a move of God that happened in Africa in 1937. We can say yesterday I was in Walmart and I passed somebody that had their arm in a sling and I didn't get weird on them and pull out my cool bottle of oil that's scented with perfume and, you know get weird in Walmart, I just simply walked by and said, hey, man, I see your arms in a sling. Would you care if I just prayed for you? And you didn't try to push them in the floor and shut them up, you know. I'm not making fun of that. I'm not making light of that, but sometimes we think that's what it takes. I've seen people get healed that nobody touched. Nobody spit on them and spewed on them and all this stuff, man. The Holy Spirit is personal, remember. That person may get weirded out if you try that stuff. And so they're going to be shut down, right? Maybe you just need to walk by and say, man, in Jesus' name, I just pray whatever's going on with your arm, that it's healed right now in the name of Jesus. That's all it takes. We're convinced sometimes that we have to get loud and rowdy, and sometimes we do. The Holy Spirit is not limited to one expression. And it doesn't have to happen the way you think it has to happen. God can do anything, anyway, anytime, anywhere because he's God. Uh, it's funny, when I was uh, in, in, in school at UCA, I, I, um, we won't talk about how long ago that was, but when I was in school at UCA at the University of Central Arkansas, I um, was able to be a part of a small group for guys that were in a fraternity. And a lot of them were just really from a, a radical, sinful lifestyle. You know, they had kind of grown up in church, but from this radical, sinful lifestyle. And they began to get saved. We got them baptized in water. And then we began to talk to them immediately. Not when we thought they were ready for it. Not when we thought they were mature enough. We immediately began to talk to them about the Holy Spirit. And, and it was funny. We would, we'd get together in my living room, and, and we would turn on worship music, and there was this one album we used to play all the time, um, and it was an Eddie James album called God, Me, and My Piano, and he would play, and he'd be singing you know, these songs, and all of a sudden, he'd start singing in tongues right, on this album. And one of my good buddies, we were in there, and we were singing, and he had memorized every word of that song. And we start singing, and we're just worshiping together, and all of a sudden, he starts singing in the Spirit what Eddie's singing. Like, he's not really praying in the Spirit, because he hadn't been baptized in the Holy Ghost yet, but he's singing what Eddie is singing. And he's like, it, it clicks. He's like, whoa, whoa, am I praying in the Holy Ghost? <laughs> I'm like, no, you're just repeating what you're hearing, but it's a good start, you know? <laughs> the Holy Spirit can do it anyway. Uh, interesting, just a, a few weeks ago, um, there was a young man here at the church, and man, he just... Um, he called me and left me a message, and, and the message, I even sent it to my dad because I was a little alarmed by the message because on the end of this message, it's this guy, and he's kind of frantic, and he's talking, and he's saying, um, you know, something. He's like, I just need to talk to you. I'm at the campus. Like, can I pray? And all of a sudden, he goes into this other language, and I was like, is he speaking in Spanish 
or is that the Holy Ghost? Like, is he like hurting? Like, does he need help? Or is he overwhelmed by God? I, I don't know. And I never could get a hold of him. And then we got together the next day and the same spirit of God that was on him in that moment was still on him. He was getting touched by the Holy Spirit on his own, in his car, up here, just searching for God baptized with the fire of the Holy Spirit. And even when we got out here and we began to talk in the hallway, he would talk to me in English and all of a sudden start speaking in the Holy Ghost because it was just on him and over him. The Holy Spirit's real like that. He's not weird. So we need these gifts, man. We need, we need these things in operation. And the last thing here before we pray, the Holy Spirit is the agent that draws God's people into unity. I mentioned it just a moment ago. The Holy Spirit is not a source of division. We have to work hard to not allow the enemy take something that is a gift, take something that is actually, in fact, God, and use it as a tool for division. Some of the greatest arguments, some of the most heated arguments you hear is about tongues for today and all these tongues and Holy Spirit. You're either Holy Spirit or you're not. And if, and if I believe in the Holy Spirit and I'm filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm better than you because you don't. It's not it. It's not it. You can go to heaven if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost. You're, you can be a God-fearing, good believer and not be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I like to say it like this. If I had a million-dollar check in this hand, and I had a hundred-dollar check in this hand, and I said, you can have either one, which one would you like, no strings attached? Which one are you going to choose? You know, settling for a life without the Holy Spirit is kind of like choosing the hundred-dollar check. You know? And so it's not a bad thing. Hey, a hundred dollars is better than no dollars, but I'd rather have a million if I could have it. Amen? I want the fullness of God if I can have it. Brother Otis, you can come help if you don't mind. The enemy knows how important the Holy Spirit is in the life of the believer. That's why he fights us so much on it. 1 Corinthians 12, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Unity is not going to happen by political activism. Unity is not going to happen by humanitarian um, crisis aid and, and, you know, responding to what's happening humanistically in the world. Really, true unity can only come through the Spirit of God. Because it's the Spirit of God that creates the kind of love in you that it takes to love the kind of way that unity can happen. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. The Holy Spirit wants us to live in unity. Amen? So the first question I asked you was, do you know him? The second question I want to ask you today in closing is, what is keeping you from deep relationship with him? I want you to ask yourself that. What is keeping you from deep relationship with him? A vibrant, deep relationship with the Holy Spirit is God's desire for you. Last week, um, evangelist Matt Marlin was here, and he talked about the Holy Spirit. It was so interesting because it just flows right into what God is doing today. And he, there were three things that he mentioned that we need to do 
um, to, to have more of the glory of God. He said we need a commitment to intimacy. We need a commitment to expectancy. And we need a commitment to discipleship. And I want to ask today, could a lack of these things be what's hindering your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Could it be simply a lack of devotion to him that is, you're operating at a, a level two and you could be at a 10? You know, is it, is it because you've heard people say things about the Holy Spirit and how he's weird and, and maybe you've seen some things in, in Pentecostal gatherings that if we were to be honest about it, probably were weird. But are you willing to negate a relationship with God the Holy Spirit because of something that made you feel a little, I'm not sure about that. I want to tell you today that the Holy Spirit is real. The Holy Spirit is God. And the Holy Spirit desires to have intimate friendship and relationship with you. He desires to baptize you. He desires to fill you. He desires to live in you every moment of every day. Close your eyes with me. We're going to respond here to the word of God in a moment of worship. If you want to come to the altar, you can pray. If you want to stand right there where you are, we're going to do that in just a moment. But I want to read this, this verse to you in closing as we allow the Holy Spirit to seal this work in our heart today. It says, in Romans 8, 10, and 11. Now Christ lives his life in you. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. Why don't you stand with me and just, as you're standing, close your eyes and lift your hands straight to the heavens. Come on, everybody in the room. Holy Spirit, I pray today that your life-giving force would breathe life into every spirit today. No matter where we are, God, if we're near to you or if we're far from you, if we have been baptized in the Holy Spirit before, if it's been a long time, today we ask you for more. Today, God, I ask you that you would stir hunger on the inside of every spirit. Where we have failed to reverence you and failed to desire you and and really just almost put you on a shelf for whatever reason. Today, God, we say we are desperately in need of you. And we desire the person and the work of the Holy Spirit to live in fullness in our lives today. I pray today, God, as we respond in this moment of worship, that, that bodies would be healed all over this room today, that the broken hearts would be put back together in Jesus' name, that, that even as people who maybe have not experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that even as we're worshiping right now, as we're seeking after you and we desire you and we, we long for you, that even all across the room, you would just begin to, to baptize us fresh in the Holy Spirit today. We need you, we want you, and we desire you. In Jesus' name, come on, let's worship together.
As you've heard the message here today about the power of the Holy Spirit, today you've made the decision to dedicate your whole house to the Lord. There's a powerful message about the Holy Spirit. And today the Holy Spirit is on you. He's here to anoint you, to empower you, right, like, my, like Ryan said, to convince you of God's hand, God's life that is on you. Today you're following Jesus in baptism. Jesus was baptized like this, all the way under the water. Going under the water represents the death and the burial. Then coming up out of the water represents the resurrection of Jesus in you. Today, you're following Jesus. Today, you're being Christ-like. You're never going to be the same after today. So now I baptize you to the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. name of Jesus. I pray you would anoint him all the days of his life. He'll never again be the same after this day. Today he will walk with you in unity in the power of your Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's, let's do exactly what Ryan said right now. Come on, let, let's take this moment Let's lift, lift our spirits to Him and let the Holy Spirit stir in us. Holy Spirit, stir in us right now. Hallelujah, stir in us. We worship you, living God. Stir in us. Live in us. Speak to us. Hallelujah, come over us. Saturate us. Baptize us. Immerse us in you, God. Our minds, our body, and our spirit. Hallelujah. Yes, convict us. Yes, convict us. We draw near to you so you will draw near to us, oh God. Hallelujah. We want to live in your fullness. We want to live in your glory. Hallelujah. We want the fire of your spirit to burn in us. We want to be separated from the world. Hallelujah. 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 We're going to continue to worship. If you've got time, just come to the altar. 
Take some time and kneel or stand and wait in his presence. If you've got to go get your children and you've got to come back, then you do that. We've got a Bible study at 530. It's going to talk more about the power of the Holy Spirit. Join us Wednesday night. Join us Saturday night. Make this week a week of the Holy Spirit stirring in you. Go back to our YouTube channel and listen to this message at least twice during this week. Hallelujah. As we worship, come and spend some time to glorify God. God bless you.
to be